0: Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. Tonight, we're going to move on to the doctrine of Christ, right? So the second doctrine that we're going to look at in this Bible study time is the doctrine of Christ, all right? Scriptures reveal that the Lord Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of God. It's a very important statement here. He's the eternal Son of God who always existed with the Father and with the Holy Spirit and who by his incarnation, and the word incarnation, as you know, means human and divine. Talk about God and man. Uh, by his incarnation, uh, took upon himself the form of man and became what is called the God-man, or uh, the, 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 the man who also has the God-nature in him, or the divinity of God in him, rather. There are two natures, human and divine, as I said, each in its completeness and integrity. So in the one person of Christ, there are two natures, human and divine. And that's what uh, incarnation speaks to. As I said, each in its completeness and its integrity. Now, both natures are distinguishable but indivisible. And that's important because many of the things that we bring definition to in scriptures many times are Things that are distinguishable, distinguishable but indivisible. We we really identify them to define them and bring clarity. But for the most part, a lot of the stuff work together. So whether we're talking about the gifts of the spirit, whether we're talking about the incarnation, whether we're talking about the Godhead, human and divine, divine they they work together, and we identify them to bring. Clarity and all of that, but most of the times they uh, work together. So, (coughs) sorry about that. Um, There are very important aspects of Jesus that when we look at um, the character and the nature of Jesus, we will find that in most cases, uh, many of the characteristics are like those of God that we look at. In terms of the human part of him, you'll find some things that um, we would not link to God. But in many cases, the um, characteristics, in almost all cases, the characteristics are the same. So in, it is the sinless union of divine and human natures which qualifies Jesus Christ to be the only sacrificial med- mediator between man and God. So it is important that we understand that between man and God is Jesus. He, Jesus, is our access to the Father God. The Bible says, He said in His Word, He said, No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So it is very, very important that we understand that we can't bypass Jesus to go to God. He is the only mediator, and uh, um, I know that in contemporary life, we always try to find another way to try and get certain results, but at the end of the day, we have to understand that if you're going to access God, you can only access God through Jesus Christ. And I want to read a verse from First Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, uh, to further speak to uh, that, that reality. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. It says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, or God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Let's read that again. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So Jesus is the only mediator To go to God. And that is why, as I heard Pastor Betty said recently, it is very important that when we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. It's not just a cliche in the prayer, but it is actually our access to God. Don't pray for Christ's sake um, or just say amen, but it's important to um, pray in the name of Jesus because uh, that Jesus is our access. God Now, in the Gospels are presented two of the most powerful and important questions relative to the Lord Jesus Christ. These questions were asked by Christ himself, of the religious leaders, and uh, one of the questions was asked of the multitude by Pilate seeking to bring out uh, sorry bring about the, the, the crucifixion of jesus so the first question is in matthew chapter 22 verse 42 that jesus himself asked, and uh, we want to look at that question and then um we will go on to the next one matthew chapter 22 verse 42 matthew chapter 22 uh verse 42 saying what let's Push up from verse 41. Let me read from verse 41. Let's get there. Okay. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, the son of David. All right. So the first question there is, What think he uh, think uh, what think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? It's a very, very important question um, that we need to ask and answer. And before I elaborate uh, on that one, let me give you the second question, which is actually found in Matthew 27, verse 22. Matthew chapter 27, verse 22. Matthew chapter 27, verse 22. Pilate saith unto them, what shall i do with jesus which is called christ they all say unto him let him be crucified so the question that pilate asked was what shall i do with jesus who is called christ so the two questions that we have before us are one what thing of christ whose son is he jesus himself asked that one and secondly um what shall I do with Jesus, who, which is called Christ? And Pilate asked uh, that question. Well, let's deal with the first question. What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? Now, this is very important. And it's a question that every man need to answer. The plan of salvation as revealed by God in Jesus Christ is dependent on the answers to these two questions. What a man believes about Jesus Christ will determine how he relates to Christ. This will in turn determine that man's eternal destiny. So what you think of Christ is important. What a man believes about Jesus Christ will determine how he relates to God and this will in turn determine that man's eternal destiny so I would want to put this question to each and every person listening in this evening what think ye of Christ what do you think about Jesus Christ personally whose son is he interestingly the very time that Jesus was crucified two thieves were crucified uh, right beside him one on the left and one on the right and one of them accused the integrity of christ saying well if you're christ save yourself and save us the other thief honored the integrity of christ said look we we deserve to be here but this man has done nothing and said to jesus have mercy upon jesus said to him this day you will be with me in paradise just because he honored who christ was the one that did not honor who christ was when somewhere else in other words one thought much of christ one didn't think much of. so the question is before you today what do you think of christ whose son is he we read in matthew 22 that they they, they had a problem because when jesus asked whose son is he they could not reconcile him as the son of God with God. They said, oh, he's David's son. And how many times have we heard that um, all over the place? Religions teaching that, yes, he's a prophet, but he's not the son of God. He's not God. Or, yes, he's a good man. Or he was a good man, but he's not God. Well, what think he of Christ? As we talk about the doctrine of Christ. If you can receive him, In your life, in your spirit as the son of God, it will make a difference. The most important declaration you can ever make in your life is that Jesus is the son of God and he is Lord of your life. That's the most important declaration you can make of Christ. That he is the son of God, just like Jesus said. Jesus called him his son. And if we can agree with that, that he is the son of God, then we will have salvation. Because when you declare him as the son of God and Lord of your life, then that gives you as an individual the most important kingdom key that there is. And that is the kingdom key of citizenship. That makes you a citizen of the kingdom of God. So again, you have to... Answer that question personally in your life and reckon with that. What think ye of Christ whose son is he? Then Pilate asks the other question now, saying, what shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? Now, again, you have to make a personal decision about that. You know, what will you do with Jesus who is called Christ? Well, Romans chapter 9, verse 9 and 10, it says, If thou shalt believe in thine heart the Lord Jesus, and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if you choose to confess him as Lord and Savior of your life, then you will experience the dimensions of God in your life. So, ladies and gentlemen, he's not just a waymaker. He's not just a waymaker. Of course he is, but he's not just limited to when you are in a tight spot and you need somebody to make a way. He's not just a waymaker. He's not just your friend. Of course he's a friend. And the Bible says, a friend, that's ticket stick closer than a brother. But he's more than a way maker. He's more than a friend. He is your salvation. In fact, he, he is your only hope for eternity. So uh, what are you going to do with Jesus who is called Christ? You have to make a decision on that. And those two questions help to speak to the doctrine of Christ as we move forward the Bible declares uh, as I said that Jesus is the eternal son of God and by his virgin birth sinless humanity uh, vicarious um, death which word really means substitution so by substitutionary death by dying in our place taking our place in death by his burial and resurrection made The perfect sacrifice for sin thereby making redemption available for all men. So redemption is available for all men because the eternal Son of God made that redemption possible. Apart from who he is and what he has done you, as I said before, you cannot get to the Father except through his son, Jesus Christ. And I want to read one scripture on that, and then uh, I'll give you another scripture you can make note of, but we'll just read St. John chapter 14, verse 6. But you can make note of uh, Hebrews 7, verse 25. We're going to read St. John 14, verse 6, but you can make note of Hebrews 7, verse 25. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no man cometh unto the Father, but by me. He said, I am the way. He didn't say, I am one of the way. you no. And it's a bold statement. He himself declared, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. So he declared that, He is the route to the Father God. And that is uh, very, very important as we lay down some foundations for the doctrine of Christ, right? So the doctrine of Christ has two major divisions. We did look at two questions, two important questions concerning uh, Christ. But the doctrine of Christ has Two major divisions. The first is the person of Christ. The second is the work of Christ or the principles of Christ. Right? So the doctrine of Christ has two major divisions. The first is the person of Christ and the second is the work of Christ or we can say the principles of Christ because the work of christ is within the structure or the principles the word of god so it is the principles of christ that that guides and gives structure to the work of christ so you can say the work of christ or the principles of christ but let's um zero in a little bit here on the person of christ because i think we might actually speak that we could very well spend the rest of our night on this, on the person of Christ. A consideration of Old Testament prophecies concerning the Messiah reveals that there are two streams of thoughts. One stream uh, speaks of the deity of Christ, while the other stream speaks to the humanity of Christ. So one stream speaks to the deity or the divinity of Christ. The other stream speaks to the humanity of Christ. The the, the, the Jewish interpreters of the Old Testament could not reconcile these two streams. So they could not understand how Messiah could be divine and yet also human. And a lot of people still struggle with that today. And so those Jewish interpreters, they erred in their understanding and missed the very Messiah that their scriptures prophesied would come and that they were anticipating. And isn't that interesting? The very Messiah that they were anticipating that their their scriptures prophesied would, they miss the Messiah. Because reconcile these two streams. So we're going to take time to talk about this uh, tonight. That is why when Jesus asked them, what do you think of Christ? Whose son is he? They said he was the son of David. Because they couldn't reconcile him being God and man. So they couldn't say he was the son of God. Because they couldn't reconcile those two streams. So they said he was the son of David. So they missed the truth that he was the son of God. And in fact, Jesus challenged them on that. Jesus actually challenged them on it. Um, And and I want to just go back to that scripture. We read it earlier, but let's just pull up Matthew 22, verse 42 again, and and read a few verses there. Matthew 22, verse 42. Uh, uh, While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, what think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, the son of David. And I want you to make note of that. Whose, whose son is he? And, and look at the question that Jesus asked them. What think ye of Christ? I want you to note that very carefully. We're coming back to it. Verse 43, he said unto them, How then doth David in the spirit call him Lord? Saying, the Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies. Thy footstool if david then called him call him lord how is he his son and no man was able to answer him or not able to answer uh, him as it relates to that so you could see you can see there that it was a, a, a question a, it was an issue an issue that that really bothered the jews they couldn't reconcile that that was what some of the Pharisees and religious leaders had a problem with. How could he be human and divine? Now, let's go into that a a, a little bit more because the name Jesus Christ is very interesting and, as I said before, distinguishable but indivisible because, you see, God gave man legal um, authority of earth or let me say it another way man was made the legal agent of planet earth when God breathed into him the breath of life and said have dominion look some more at that in the doctrine of man so man was made the legal agent of the earth so that means any activity that either the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light want to carry out on earth have to go through man because man is the legal agent that is why for the devil to steal the human race so to speak or attempt to do it for him to affect man that the way he did he he couldn't just turn in eden or he couldn't just turn up on the scene and say something declare himself as some rebel or something he had to go through man and for god To redeem mankind, he had to go through man, although he's God and all-powerful and all of that because he made man the legal agent on earth. He had to go through man. This is why demon possession is so important to the devil while being filled with the Holy Ghost is so important to God because it gives access uh, to either kingdom. Now, Jesus, the person of Jesus actually speaks to uh, the human part of the the person, Jesus Christ. Jesus speaks to the human part of the person while Christ speaks to the divine, the um, eternal part of the person. So as I said before, there are two natures, two um, uh, different um, natures in, In the one God and man and Jesus speaks to the human part while Christ speaks to the divine part so Mary actually gave birth to Jesus but she never really gave birth to Christ because Christ pre-existed Mary from before the beginning Christ is eternal but Jesus is the human part that was conceived inside of Mary. As I said, we, we, we distinguish for definition and understanding, but they work together. So we're not here trying to um, say only say Jesus and don't say Christ um, here or there. No, what I'm trying to do is uh, give understanding so we can know what we're dealing with. In fact, I want to read from Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 and show you something in that scripture that I'm sure you've read before probably never quite saw it in that light. Isaiah 9 verse 6. I know we generally go here uh, when it's Christmas time and all of that but it's bigger than that. It's a very powerful portion of scripture. Look at this. And if you're writing, I want you to look at it. Take time and look at it, because I want you to look at the words for yourself. For unto us, a child is born. All right, a a child, what? A child is born. Unto us, a son is given. Wow. So a child is born, a son is given. Is it talking about the same person? But look, the child is born. But the son is given. The son is not born. See what I'm saying? So Mary bore the child. That's Jesus. But the son was given. Mary, th- th- that's speaking to Christ. It's human and divine it's talking about there. So uh, unto us, the child is born. But unto us, the son is given. Because the son speaks to Christ, which preexisted creation is eternal just as the father god is eternal so isaiah put it interesting. he said the son is given because it is the 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 the, the child born and the son given that come together to make jesus christ and so when we talk about um human and divine it's interesting this is why this doctrine is not Called the doctrine of Jesus. It is called the doctrine of Christ because you're talking about things that pre-existed Jesus. I know we're going into some deep waters here, and um, we are taking time out to, to go through it and um, you know meditate on it and ask the questions as necessary. Because even in the Bible, you will find that the the the, the translators use jesus and christ interchangeable sometimes but if you look back at the 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 greek in many of those scriptures you will see that specific words were used um where the english just use them interchangeable the translators just use them interchangeable but unto us a child uh, uh, is born unto us a son is given. And then it goes on to say, the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called One Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. It's the child and the son, child born and the son given, that is together called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And it is the child born, the son given together that Uh, that that it speaks to that of the increase of his government, his government and peace, there shall be no end. So the doctrine of Christ. You see how important it is to understand the doctrine, the doctrines as a foundation to the Christian faith because when you begin to understand these um, better, you can put some things in, in better perspective and sometimes it takes a time to digest but you know the Holy Spirit is our teacher, He is the uh, one that guides us and leads us into all truth, shows things to come, bring back things to our remembrance so even as we go through the doctrines we are trusting Him to enlighten the eyes of our understanding and in Matthew chapter four, it says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. So we're also trusting him from, for the proceeding word of God. You know, the proceeding word of God is what we call the rhema word. The two words used for word in, in, in the scripture there, there's the logos and the rhema. The proceeding word of God is that word that is coming straight from Uh, God to your spirit. It's the rhema word. So as we go through the Bible doctrines, we are trusting God for the rhema word of God in our spirits. Let's look at uh, the deity of Christ a little bit. The the divinity uh, of Christ as mentioned in the scriptures. We're going to uh, look at a few areas and, and just concretize that point that he is divine. We're going to look at the other side too that uh, as it relates to the human part of him, I don't know if we'll get there tonight. We will certainly um, anchor that part in our spirits tonight that he is divine, he is the son of God because it's one of the questions that you have to settle in your spirit that he is the son of God. We can't wait for anybody else to um, do that for us. We have to trust the Lord for the best and get the best possible results at the end of the day, knowing that uh, God knows how to uh, work in and through us to will and to go of his good pleasure. We continue to believe him for the best. So the first point here is that The scripture comes to us from Isaiah 7, verse 14. We're not going to read it. Uh, We're not going to uh, have to pull it up and read it. I'm just going to share that one with you. And I'm believing that uh, as we share it, you know, you will even see further revelation from the spirit of God. All right. Isaiah 7, verse 14. It talks about our virgin shall conceive and bear a son and his name Shall be called Emmanuel. Alright. So a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. Well we just did the Eloistic names, and you remember what Emmanuel means? Emmanuel means God with us. So this the very prophet Isaiah, who prophesied over seven hundred years before Messiah came. And he said, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Just before he prophesied that, um, he did say, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And his name shall be called Emmanuel, which is God with us. So we, so we see the scripture putting divinity with Christ. He's God with us. Very important. It he didn't say it was a prophet. Although he was, he didn't say he was just a good man, but he was Emmanuel. He is Emmanuel. He's God with us. That speaks to divinity. Then um, that scripture we just read from Isaiah 9 is another one. It says, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders and all that. His name shall be called Wonder Counselor. And what? Mighty God. That's divinity again. Mighty God. His name shall be called Mighty God. That's speaking to um, the, 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 the divinity of Christ right there. Not only that, but everlasting father. I know a lot of people are called father. But everlasting father, that speaks to divinity in a very potent way. So we're talking about the deity of Christ. And we're saying he's called Emmanuel. He's called Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Then Jeremiah 23, verse 5 and 6. Don't, don't, we're not reading that one either. It talks about him as the Lord, our righteousness. We looked at um, that covenant name, Jehovah Tiskenu. The Lord, our righteousness. That again is speaking to divinity. Here is one scripture that um, I want you to look at. We're going to read Micah 5, verse 2. Because this one caught my attention. Uh, It's a long time. I've not seen uh, this scripture until in recent times when I was studying. You know, it just jumped out at me again. Micah chapter 5, verse 2. So, the prophecy was that from Bethlehem there was to come forth the ruler. But thou, Bethlehem, Euphrates, thou, uh, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall, come, shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler of Israel. Look at this. Whose going forth have been from whole, from, oh, from everlasting. That's speaking to the divinity. Remember, we always talk about to everlasting and deal with that part, but here is another scripture linking Jesus to from, it didn't say anything about to everlasting here, it's linking him from everlasting, which means he was with the Father and with the Holy Spirit because they are the only ones the Godhead is the only they are the only ones that existed from everlasting so Michael linked him to uh, from everlasting and speaks and speak in a very serious way to uh, the divinity of Christ I know that uh it is not always easy for us to wrap our minds around some of the intricacies of God. But what I've found is that everything might not come alive to your spirit at the same time. But I am telling you that as you pray and as you study, as you grow in God, God is going to um, bring this information alive to your spirit at different time where you're able to relate to different aspects and you you just jump around and dance in your house that like, wow I never saw that before and all of that as the Holy Spirit brings further understanding to our spirit as it relates to uh, the doctrines and especially talking about the doctrine of God and the doctrine of Christ all right I think we have a a few moments here that we can look at uh, the humanity of Christ. We looked at the divinity of Christ. Now, let's just take a a quick look at the humanity of Christ. This is all laying down some foundation as we go into uh, teaching more on the doctrine of Christ. Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 speaks to the redeemer was to be the seed of the woman. Of course, which was to bruise the head of the serpent, of the serpent. So if he was going to be the seed of the woman, born of the woman, you know, you understand he had to be human because it was a human that was going to give birth to, to, to him. The hum, human don't give birth to just spirit alone. Human give birth to humans, just like animals give birth to animals. You know, pigs give birth birth to pigs, cows. But the seed of the woman speaks to the humanity of Jesus. She, he was coming not straight out of heaven in terms of just appearing, but was going to be conceived by the woman, and um, the woman gave birth to him. That speaks to the humanity of 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 of, of Jesus. And by the way. Just to say, Joseph could not be Jesus's biological father. That was never in the mix, because if Joseph was his biologically, sorry, was his biological father, that means he would be born after the Adam transgression, because he would be conceived, whether he's conceived in marriage or not, that would be after the similitude of Adam's transgression. So for him to be righteous, to be able to redeem man, he could not come from uh, that source. That is why the Holy Ghost had to put him in, inside of Mary. And by the way, it wouldn't have been the first time that the Holy Ghost um, brought a man into existence because that's exactly what happened with Adam. It's just that Adam wasn't born, you know that probably ended up hurting Adam in a way because I heard Dr. Turner Nelson said one time that um, the reason why Adam didn't learn obedience was because he never had a childhood life learning obedience. He was born a big man. But the point I'm making is that um, God is the righteous one. And for someone who... Uh, has not known sin to come forth, then that would have to come directly from God. So God put that um, seed, put that um, conception inside of Mary and say, Mary, carried. it. Next, we look at the Redeemer. The Bible also says that the Redeemer would be the seed of Abraham. Remember that God says that in all that all the nations of the earth would be blessed through Abraham, And so if the redeemer was the seed of Abraham, it, that also speaks to the humanity of the redeemer. Again, the seed of any man or of mankind is not pure spirit. Um, human beings don't uh, procreate spirits. Human beings procreate human beings. So, if the Redeemer was the seed of Abraham, that speaks to the humanity of the Redeemer. It also, if you read the scripture carefully, speaks to the fact that Messiah would come from the family of Jesse. We all know that genealogy about coming through the line of David, Jesse. David coming down. And so that's another example of the humanity of Jesus in terms of his lineage, the the genealogy. And Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 to 2 speaks to the Messiah uh, coming from the family of Jesse. Isaiah 11, 2 speaks to that. It also said that Messiah was to come from the tribe of Judah, right? So, you know, different tribes of Israel. You remember that the 12 sons of um, Jacob represented the 12 tribes. Well, for the most part, because um, there was the um, Joseph sons that got in on the mix at the end there. But Genesis 49 verse 10 to 12 speaks to Messiah uh, coming uh, the tribe of Judah. There was also the promise of scripture that a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Isaiah 7 verse 40. That again speaks to the humanity of Christ. It says a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. That's speaking to humanity. You, you have no example in the Bible of angels conceiving or procreating. So it talks about a virgin, and we know that that virgin virgin ended up to be Mary, was Mary, and she bore a son, speaks again to humanity, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, just like we said before. And then one more is that Messiah was to come from the house of David, 2 Samuel 7, verse 12 to 14, that Messiah would come from the house of David. So what we're taking time out to do tonight is establish that there is the human and divine sides of Jesus Christ. That we're distinguishing the names, but yet reminding you that they're uh, distinguishable but indivisible. So you don't go and separate Jesus from Christ and say, well... I I don't want Christ. I only want Jesus. I I want Jesus, but I don't want Christ. As I said, it is for understanding, definition, and all that kind of stuff. But Jesus Christ now is the powerful one because in Jesus is Christ. (laughs) So the human element of Jesus is partnering with Christ and that is what makes a whole lot of difference that's why when Jesus turned upon the scene, the religious people, the, the, the Jews could only relate to the human part they could only relate to the humanity of the man, but they couldn't relate to the divinity of him even though they saw the demonstration of divinity but they refused to accept it. They said, but is, that, is that, that Mary's son or Joseph's son? Isn't that the carpenter boy? The human part. They could always see the humanity of him, but they couldn't see the divinity. So the Bible says when Jesus was crucified, a centurion was there looking on and he said, then truly this was the son of God. And that takes us straight back to where we started about what say ye of Christ? Is he the son of God? He wasn't just a great man. He was, he's not just your healer. He's all of that and more. But most importantly, he is the son of God. So if we agree with God that Jesus is the son of God, the Bible says we shall be saved. So all of these references show how God singled out a man, then a nation from the man, then a tribe from the nation, then a house from the tribe, a virgin from the house, and thus preserved the genealogy of the Messiah as to his humanity. Let me repeat that for you. All of these references show how God singled out a man man Abraham, then a nation from the man, then a tribe from the nation, then a house from the tribe, a virgin from the house and thus preserved the genealogy of the Messiah as to his humanity. And uh, actually, I think I said Abraham, but it was David. (laughs) David is a man. So tonight we want to take time out to um, make sure That we remember that our God is awesome. That Jesus is both human and divine. And that we should embrace the divinity of him as much as we embrace the humanity of him. Let us not miss any aspect of him, but uh, embrace him in our hearts and our lives. Because even when we talk about... Receiving Jesus in our hearts. Remember. Um, it is. The, 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 the spirit. Not the physical. Person that we receive. Receive in our heart. Not, not the person that. Was born of Mary. The human. But is the divine part. Of, that we have to come into our hearts. And be the Lord of our lives. He is our king. He is our savior. And we honor him we ascribe greatness to king jesus just like the father god is eternal and is self-existent so is christ and tonight we declare that there is no other rock besides jesus that He is our hope and he's our salvation and we thank him that on our behalf he bled and died to buy our part we thank God today that our lives have been given a reprieve, a reprieve, so to speak, because of Jesus. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at FCFmobay and on Facebook at fcfmontegobay.